I'm Kate Morthland, and thank you for joining us on The Council Covers It, a podcast created by the Illinois Life and Health Insurance Council. Insurance is paramount to the health and wellness of Illinois employers, citizens, and families alike. While critical, the world of insurance can also be daunting and difficult to comprehend. We seek to create understanding by wading through that confusion presented with life and health insurance policies and topics in Illinois. Join us as we dive into some of the state's most pressing insurance issues on The Council Covers It. Hi, everyone. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Council Covers It. I'm your host, Kate Morthland, and today we're going to talk about the world of insurance agents. We spend so much time discussing policy of the actual policy. We have an expert here today to discuss all things agents. So today we have Evan Manning with the independent insurance agents here so we can learn more about the association as well as some policy issues they're following this legislative session. So Evan Manning currently serves as the Director of Government Relations of the Independent Assurance Agents. This is a state trade association that advocates on behalf of insurance, independent insurance agents and brokers in state legislative and regulatory affairs. So Evan has over seven years of experience working in and around Illinois state government with background and expertise on property, casualty, life, and health. He covers it all, um, policy and regulation. So Evan is also a state lobbyist for the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors of Illinois, the Illinois State Association of Health Underwriters, and the Illinois Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. So prior to Evan's service with the Independent Insurance Agents of Illinois, he served as an appropriations analyst, I did not know seven, for the Senate Republican Caucus. He has a BS from Illinois State uh, University. And hello, Evan. Thank you for being on our show today. Hello, Kate. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So we're just going to go ahead and jump into questions. And my first question, I guess, is to lay a foundation. Can you talk a little bit about your association? What's your association's mission? So our mission is to provide our members with a sustainable competitive advantage. You know, our the independent insurance agents, of course, is a trade association representing independent insurance agents, just how it sounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a membership of, of approximately 1,000 member agencies representing about a 10 about 10,000 agency personnel who are engaged in in all facets of the insurance industry you know property casualty life and health workers comp you know our members uh, are businesses that offer choices uh, for a variety of insurance companies so it's we're not just you know captive insurance agents we are we sell uh, from a multitude of, of carriers and we have membership throughout the entire state that's, that's impressive. So you cover all of the insurance, property, life, health, all of it. Every bit of it. And it's, <laughs> it's quite a quite a workload, I, I will say. You're a jack of all trades. So what I really want to get into is it is legislative session in Illinois. You know that. You are feeling that. What are some overall issues Um this session that affect your membership? And are they, do you see that they're reoccurring? Are they policy issues that are new? You know, knock on wood, uh, this session, um, you know, we have a condensed session this year Mm -hmm. and, you know, 
with much of January being canceled and, um, you know, kind of February has really started picking up in regards to legislation. Um, it hasn't been too bad this year, I would say. Um, but maybe, you know, circle back to me come April 9th when <laughs> we're, we're all, we're it's all said and done. Um, but you know, a, a lot of what my members are concerned about, um, you know, our mandates, you know, employer mandates, health insurance mandates, limitations to the underwriting process. You know, those are probably the, the top issues that we see, you know, year in and year out. With the mandates question, just for our listeners, um, especially on the coverage mandate portion. So um, state regulated health insurance benefit mandates, they've really gained popularity in the past couple of years. For small group and individual insurance coverage regulated in, by the Illinois Department of Insurance, any coverage benefit beyond the ACA's essential health benefit is considered a benefit mandate. So on its face, these benefit mandates look like they're saving insurance tons of money by providing coverage and sometimes prohibiting insurance companies from applying any cost sharing. And this means no coinsurance, no deductibles, mm-hmm. no um, no copayments. So states are usually on the hook to pay the cost of implementation of this coverage under federal law. And this federal requirement was written to prevent any federal go- any federal dollars from going to these additional state benefits. However, the law hasn't been enforced. So the cost of these really increased the consumer's premium anywhere from 1% to 5% per mandate. And in this last year, Illinois has passed and signed at least six coverage health benefit mandates into law. And I think by my last count, there's over um, I think there's over six pieces of legislation now requiring mandates um, that have been filed for 2022. You know, it, it, as you know, Illinois is the, one of the leading leading states um, in health insurance mandates across the country. I believe it's, it's us in California that lead the way in health insurance mandates. And like you said, each of these health insurance mandates cost between one, you know, 1% to 5% that's passed on to consumer you know it's it's just we are very concerned with the the growing number of health insurance mandates they are i don't believe legislators and even consumers don't know you know what their policy covers what the you know what these bills who they actually target you know many people are covered under ERISA policies you know it's man it's it's governed by the, the federal government So state mandates don't affect ERISA policies and many people who do come to the, to the Capitol and testify in support of some legislation that the mandate coverage for, you know, some health insurance coverage, they don't realize that they're even that, that they're under ERISA policy. So they wouldn't even be affected by this type of legislation. So that's part of, part of our job uh, to educate legislators on exactly who you know, who is affected by uh, these health insurance mandates. You know, a lot of the times it's, it, it's some of the neediest people in the state of Illinois mm-hmm. that are. And so when you're increasing the cost of health insurance or you're expanding the, the coverage of health insurance, you're increasing the cost of health insurance to these individuals. And, you know, it, it doesn't, they don't go after the root cause of, you know, the issue. They don't go after what, how to reduce the cost of health care. You know, 
health insurance is a reflection of the cost of healthcare. And when we expand coverage or expanding the cost, we're increasing the cost on, on, some, on some of the neediest people in the state of Illinois. Absolutely. And to your point on um, who a coverage mandate, what consumers affect um, are affected by a coverage mandate, about 20% of Illinois population, which is a significantly small portion. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it is. It has ACA coverage that this is affected by, but a large portion, the vast majority of consumers in Illinois that have health insurance, these benefit mandates that pass, they um, they they will not. This this coverage does not extend to their policy. So exactly. um, yeah, really providing that education is important when pushing that type of policy. We're kind of shifting gears a little bit to a different topic. Can you discuss with? us, your association's thoughts on the prohibition of, um, we've seen legislation this session that that prohibits short-term limited duration policies. And just quickly for our listeners, the plans we're talking about, a short-term limited duration plan is designed to provide coverage for a limited time that you're, that, that a consumer would be between insurance policies. This could be someone that's between jobs or someone who's taken a semester off school. Um, these plans do not offer the same protection of ACA coverage. However, they do offer flexibility for individuals to get coverage after, let's say, a special enrollment period closes. So what are your thoughts on um, seeing legislation in the session prohibiting um, short-term limited duration plans from being sold in Illinois? Well, obviously, you know, as the agent and broker perspective, we're opposed to anything that would limit uh, consumers getting coverage, uh, getting health insurance coverage. You know, the short-term limited duration policy is just how it sounds. It's a temporary it's a temporary insurance policy. Mm-hmm. It's meant to fill a gap in insurance coverage. You know, these are necessary and affordable plans for our agents and brokers to aid individuals in certain circumstances. You know, they're intended to fill the gap in coverage until mm-hmm. a more permanent solution is made available to them. You know, these plans help prevent people from going uninsured, individuals who lose or have lost their health insurance coverage, individuals who might be in an employer waiting period, individuals coming off their parents' policies. And there's just a number, there's a multitude of circumstances where these policies are necessary and vital for for an individual to get coverage. You know, these plans are also a viable solution uh, or even the only solution when an individual loses their job in the middle of a month and have to wait for the open enrollment period. Instances where someone is not eligible for premium assistance through the exchange or Medicaid or if someone missed an open enrollment and the ACA closes, it is really the only option to get coverage. Yeah. You know, there's several more examples. I, you know, Laura testified in the committee, as so did I. You know, Laura used her, her brother as an example. As, as an example, And actually, my brother, my older brother, had a short-term limited duration policy when he graduated from uh, law school and was waiting to find uh, a, a job. After law school, he fell off my, my parents' policy, and before he accepted a job, he was interviewing around town, and before he accepted the job, um, you know, he had a short-term limited duration help buy. Yep. You know, these are just affordable options for individuals, see, you know, f- trying to find a more permanent solution to their health insurance coverage. Yeah. And Evan, Evan, to your point, I, I just wanted to mention, especially in, if you look around 
in the environment that we have now, where we have a lot of people losing jobs, a lot of people switching jobs. Um, I, I, the, the job market has been fluctuating wildly because of COVID-19. So to take this choice away at a time where I guess people are in flux, it's a very, I, I would say, a dangerous option. Definitely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. This is, you know, during COVID-19, I think our agents uh, have probably sold more short-term limit duration policies than they've had in the last decade. Um, you know, and especially with closures of hospitals and, um, you know, these don't create the, uh, the significant event to open up a special enrollment period. When a closure happens, it does, it's not a, an actual, they're not being fired, they're not being, uh, they're not quitting. It's actually the facility is shutting down and actually doesn't create a, a, an open enrollment period, a special open enrollment period for them. Wow. So they can get coverage through a short-term limited duration health plan before they move into a, a, the next hospital or, or finding a new position somewhere. Okay, that's interesting. So we're going to go ahead and switch gears a little bit. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, I, I know coverage disclosures are really important to you and your members. What are your thoughts on those and how does the type of legislation that you're seeing regarding coverage disclosure disclosures, how does it affect your membership? And can you explain just a little bit about them? Are you talking about the Coverage Disclosure Act, the yes. Consumer Coverage Disclosure Act? Yes. So this has been, uh, I will say, a little bit of a, a thorn in the side for agents and brokers mm-hmm. um, over the, this last year. You know, as the Consumer Coverage Disclosure Act was passed last year, I think the last day of session, um, you know, it's it's become a bit of who's taking up the mantle on um, providing this information to uh, the employees. You know, it's an employer mandate, and as I said previously, you know, we are we are concerned with the number of of employer mandates that have been going on throughout the state over these last few years as well. Uh, you know, a lot of these are becoming overwhelming and burdensome. For, for employers, uh, it's getting to the point where I think a, a number of these small businesses would have to hire a compliance officer, you know, to in order to to make sure that they're in compliance with both state and federal employer mandates. Um, but with the Consumer Coverage Disclosure uh, Disclosure Act, you know, it's employers are are mandated to provide, you know, the the list of of coverage. Of covered benefits, health and, uh, essential health benefits covered under their plan versus what's covered under the state of Illinois. So a lot of these uh, business owners are looking to their agents and brokers to say, can you please help me with, you know, filling out this list, this checklist of what's covered, what's not covered, and, and compared to the state of Illinois plan. So a lot of, um, you know, what our agents and brokers are doing right now is you know, it's a little gray area of yes and no. You know, I think for us, we're more concerned. We're concerned with the kind of the E and O exposure of it. Uh, for us, if we make a mistake within this, um, within this, you know, checklist. Yeah. Uh, but not only saying yes, but we are also pointing to where in their policy it's covered. So we want to make sure that we're covered by saying, okay, yes, it is covered, and see. Section two, paragraph three, line one, and see, and that's where 
there's just a lot of work that goes into, you know, administering these, um, you know, the, the checklist for our employee, for the, the insured. Uh, so it's just an increased workload on our agents and brokers having to fill this out for every insured that they have in their, in their book uh, and going through one by one, going through their policies and, and saying yes or no to these covered benefits. So the role of the agent and broker has really increased, you know, these last few years. I mean, it, we, we've become a lot more than just, you know, the expert on, um, you know, finding you the, the best policy for the best price. And, you know, we've become kind of an, an HR, um, you know, an HR director, human resources director, uh, admitted, you know, informing our clients of the sexual harassment training that they need to provide this coverage disclosure, aiding and in, in going through the list of coverage disclosure documents. Um, you know, an SBC, the summary of benefits uh, coverage and the SBD, they don't cover, they're not, they don't satisfy the requirement of, you know, the coverage, the Consumer Coverage Disclosure Act. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it takes, you know, we're already doing that because of the federal government would provide the SBC and the SBDs. And they do, you know, provide a very easy to, to understand of what's covered under your policy. However, now there's an additional step we need to provide with this Consumer Coverage Disclosure Act by doing an additional checklist. So it's just become a lot, a lot more work for agents and brokers over these, especially this last year, um, trying to help these businesses. Those two lists, do they, do they, uh, conflict, I guess. I, I, I would feel as from a consumer perspective, it would make it a little bit more confusing getting both of those. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, it's a difficult time for, for an agent and broker to go through both the SBC, SBD and the, the written, the checklist and having to highlight within each section, what's covered under your policy versus what's covered under the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. So having, you know, we're, we're trying to provide businesses with as much information as possible in a way that they can easily understand, you know, it, it's that, that part is probably the most difficult, you know, it, insurance is, is not the most, you know, not the most fascinating and, and easy to, to understand business in the world, but it, you know, it, it's important for us to disclose as much information as possible mm -hmm. and make it to way make it to say that you know it's uh, business can go back and say okay this is where we're covered and easy to understand they can actually know exactly what's covered under their plan. I see. Um, mm -hmm. You know that that's just a, it's a difficult task for agents and brokers to just go through their policy and have business owners fully grasp the, the understanding of what's what's in their policy and what's not. Hey, you, you did have to take on a much larger expanded role. Much, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a lot of work. So I guess moving away from legislation and more um, some upcoming events, can you discuss uh, the upcoming Insurance Lobby Day in Illinois? Yes, I, we're really looking forward to the Insurance Industry Legislative Day. Uh, it'll be held virtually. Uh, on Monday, March 21st, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., uh, we have uh, you know a wonderful uh, panel of, of presenters, and it's only $10 to sign up. 
Um, so it's very cheap for 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 someone in the industry or outside the industry that wants that wants to join. Uh, $10 for members and non-members. So, um, and we're offering two hours of CE, uh, but we have a great slate of presenters, uh, including the newly confirmed director, Dana Popper Severinghouse. So <laughs> lucky to have her on board. Absolutely. Uh, the, the chairs of the House and Senate Insurance Committees, uh, Representative Thaddeus Jones and Senator Napoleon Harris. Uh, and on top of that, we'll have uh, Laura Minzer, Kevin Martin, Phil Lackman and myself as a, as a panel uh, to discuss anything that uh, that's not covered under what the presenters, we can go into some uh, more detailed legislation affecting the industry, but really looking forward to having a great legislative day. Um, sad is it's going to be virtual, but you know, it's not, it's not the same as in person. We understand, but uh, I think we, we do have a, a, a great panel uh, presenters that's really going to provide some value uh, to those individuals that do sign up and, and attend. Yeah, that's quite the star-studded lineup you got. There. It is. Oh, that's awesome. I look forward to that. And do you have any final remarks today, Evan? Uh, you know, I just want to say that, you know, throughout this legislative process and this legislative session, it's important to, to really recognize and appreciate uh, what your associations do for you. Um, you know, with, with Laura and yourself and, and myself, you know, a lot of these businesses um, don't understand or wouldn't understand, you know, what's put in front of them without the association, you know, what they're mandated to do without belonging to an association. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't under, you know, underestimate or under understate how valuable um, being a part of an association really is. There's a lot all the education and advocacy efforts and what you're doing on a day in a day out basis with the state legislature. Um, I don't think people realize how many bills are introduced <laughs> in the state of Illinois. I mean, I think there's over 11,000 bills over these last two years, just this yeah. general assembly uh, and the number of health insurance bills and life insurance bills that are introduced. I mean, health insurance is the number one, uh, insurance bill that's entered that goes through the legislative process I mean, right. mm -hmm. you know it's it's just it's amazing the number of bills that go through the insurance committee that are related to health insurance and what you're doing and laura's doing and what we're doing um to make bills better to to work with sponsors on uh, making sure that all of the the issues are addressed within the within these these bills um you know, I, I think that hopefully members are appreciative and understanding of the efforts that, uh, you know, the, the Illinois Life and Health Insurance Council does and the independent insurance agents do. Um, so that's, I just hope that uh, the members really do see everything that, that you do for them on a day in and day out basis, because I can tell you that what you and you and Laura do, uh, yeah, I'm not envious at all. <laughs> <laughs> well we don't have property or casualty or all that I mean, so we're just I can tell you, you guys you guys <laughs> usually have the heavy hitters so uh you guys do a fantastic job uh i, I can't speak highly enough about you and laura oh. uh, you guys are just uh, class acts and done have helped me along uh more <laughs> than you'd ever realize well thank uh, you and being and being a, a, a newer 
lobbyist in this, you know, in this industry uh, in helping my education. Um, so I really do appreciate you and Laura. You guys do a fantastic job. I hope your members appreciate that uh, and they know that. Yeah. And back at you, Evan, I, I, you know, insurance in Illinois just flat is, is, it is an art form to navigate and to track all it the is. legislation in Illinois. And, and, you know, your members should be very lucky to have you on board and directing and steering that it's, it's quite the task and um, you do a fantastic job as well. So us associations have to stick together. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan, if there are any questions, if anyone's interested in insurance lobby day or has questions for you, is there a way that they can reach out to your association and kind of get a hold of you? Of course. So okay. if you you can go on insurancelegislativeday.org okay. to sign up. You can sign up directly on the website. Um, you can also contact myself, Evan Manning. Uh, my email is emanning, just like Peyton and Eli Manning. <laughs> at iiaofil.org. Perfect. And uh, we'll make sure to link the Insurance Lobby Day uh, website as well on uh, on our show notes. Perfect. So people can just go down and click and get more information on that. Um, and just to let all of our listeners know, as always, uh, for the Illinois Life and Health Insurance Council, please remember us to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Our Twitter handle is IL underscore LHIC. In order to stay up to date on all things life and health insurance, Also, make sure to subscribe to The Council Covers It so you don't miss an episode like this one. Lastly, check out our website at www.ilhic.com. All right, Evan Wall, I just want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. I know today is even a deadline day. So thank you so much for spending some time with us today and discussing what your association does and some of the really critical policy issues that we're looking at in Illinois. We sincerely appreciate it. Thank you, Kate. Have a wonderful weekend. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. And we will catch you next time on another episode of The Council Covers It. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to subscribe and rate the podcast in order to stay up to date on episodes as we explore various life and health insurance policies and topics in Illinois. We hope you join us again on The Council Covers It.